Doing anything with social media or podcasting in general is just so weird because you have in your brain a thousand things that you're going to say and it's so easy in your head and then you actually start doing it and you're like, what am I talking about? Anyways, welcome back or welcome back. Welcome to the Girls Gone Healthy podcast. At least I think that's what I'm going to call it. I haven't actually 100% decided, but that's number one on my brain. And this is my first podcast episode ever. So I feel rusty. I don't really know what I'm doing, but we're going to just talk and see what happens. This is literally a podcast for the girls, like, and for the girls only. I am chilling in my bedroom in my new apartment with my taco slippers on, marinating in self-tan, and I'm just pretty much having a conversation with myself and hoping that some of you enjoy it along the way. I'm having such a fun time with this already, though. This is literally just going to be a podcast about life and health and how to become the best version of yourself, um, but also realistically, because if you know me, if you follow me on social media at all, you know that I'm not one of those wellness girls that are going to try to sell you a billion and one things or uh, do unrealistic practices that don't actually make sense. There's no science behind it. There's no um, realistic evidence. I literally only do things for my health that I know are going to work and I know that benefit me, aren't gonna waste time, money, effort, etc. And that is what this podcast is all about. It's supposed to be a feel-good podcast and hopefully I'll be able to um, achieve that goal. At the end of the year, I feel like every single year, I always think back in retrospect about all the things that we have learned about health and wellness throughout the year. And obviously, every single year, there's always new supplements that come out, new studies that come out because science is ever-changing. And this year was no exception. From new supplements like colostrum to our aspartame scare, is it going to cause cancer, to cycle syncing, uh, intuitive eating. There's so many things that went down this year that I want to talk about and deconstruct so we can try to become, you know, the most healthy, balanced version of ourselves in 2024. I almost said 2025. What is wrong with me? But first of all, before we even do that, I want to go through the week that I've had. My husband and I, Johnny, we moved from New Jersey to California, literally coast to coast. We have had the most crazy week. We've been here for in Orange County for like a week now and we've been loving it, literally every single second of it. It is so different from where we were coming from. Um, very small town in New Jersey. I grew up there pretty much my entire life, well, all my life. Um, and it's just so different from the vibe here. So I'm coming here, it's been such a refresher, especially because of the weather. Um, people have been saying that it's so cold here right now, but I honestly just think that's because we took the East Coast weather with us, but honestly, it's still beautiful compared to where we were at. We did a cross-country road trip, and basically, it was supposed to be, you know, kind of terrible, but at the same time, fun. You know, it was supposed to be fine. We were supposed to drive in the same truck um, and just have ourselves, you know, a fun little time. It did not turn out that way. Basically, what happened was the day that Johnny went and got the truck, he brought it over to get it loaded up with all of his friends. Like, it was so nice. All of his friends helped him load up. And then he noticed that there was a flat tire in it. And he was like, oh, crap, but whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. I can go fill it up take it somewhere. So he went and filled up these tires at a trailer place. And basically these guys looked at the trailer and they were like, where are you taking this? And he was like, California. And they go, no, you're not. There's absolutely no way you're driving this to California. And this was the trailer, mind you, wasn't the actual truck. So this is what we were supposed to tow our car on. Um, and basically they looked at the tire and the axle and another metal part was rubbing together. And so the metal was burning or the metal was 
melting pretty much and johnny said that he remembered touching the tire before and it was hot to touch and he was like i wonder why that is um yeah that's why it was it was gonna set fire on the road the guy at the trailer place was literally like i will give you my entire salary if this makes it to california part of me kind of wishes we tried it but absolutely not no we literally would have set on fire and um i'm so glad we didn't do that so basically we had to do from new jersey all the way to California. I drove our little car. He drove the truck. We were separate the entire time. We were doing 13 hour, 14 hour days. We did it in three days. We survived. And the most maddening part of all of it was probably the fact that maybe 60 to 70% of the entire trip was just no man's land. It was Missouri, the top part of Texas, which if you live in the top part of Texas, I want to have a serious conversation with you. Why in the world do you choose to live there? It is sad. It is depressing. It is flat. The only thing that there is to do is to talk to windmills. And then I finally got interesting in New Mexico. When we got to New Mexico, started to get, you know, a little bit prettier. Um, very, very cool, deserty, red rock, stuff like that. So I was starting to really enjoy my life at that point. My breakfasts consi consisted of chocolate and protein bars to help me stay awake. Um, and then once we got to Palm Springs, we stayed in Palm Springs for a night. That was really fun because we had an actual like Airbnb stay. It was right next to the mountain. It was so, so pretty. Um, and that was the time where I actually had real breakfast for the first day in like three days. And it felt so good. So then after that, we went from there I drove a couple hours to Orange County. Now we're here. We've been here for a week, loving every second of it. If any people have recommendations who are from here, I literally, I need to know them. I've already had some girl um, from the Bible study that we went to. She sent me a spreadsheet of all the things that she likes to do. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so organized. But yeah. Anyways, with that being said, today is literally all going to be about all of the health trends that I have noticed from the beginning of 2023 to the end of it. I'm going to deconstruct, get through all of them, and kind of talk about the things that I want to keep in 2024 and dismiss in 2024. The first in that I have that's actually a kind of like a half in is biotech wellness tools. I'm talking things like red light therapy, sauna, stuff like that. We have obviously heard a lot about sauna and then cold plunging and the benefits of even reversing them. If you listen to Andrew Huberman, then you know what he has said about it, but basically you do have a metabolic effect when you go from one to the next. So cold plunging to sauna back and forth. I forget which one he says that you should start with. I think he said cold plunge is you should start with and then go like cold shower or cold plunge to sauna back and forth and then there's one that you should end with too and it actually does have an effect on the metabolism but one thing that I definitely want in is more sauna time more biotech wellness tools that you can just get in your house I know higher dose is one brand that sells a lot of red light therapy I think they have like a sauna blanket which is really really cool um, and I just love stuff like that because even if some of the things that you're buying doesn't actually do anything the fact that it's kind of placebo and you feel like you're doing something for your health it's going to be kind of like a butterfly effect you know butterfly effect meaning you wake up one day and the first thing that you do could literally have an effect on the last thing that you do and how your whole day goes so um if you wake up and you start with red light therapy then you're going to feel like you're on kind of like a wellnessy healthy healthy start to the day so by doing that maybe the next thing that you'll want to do is have a healthy high protein breakfast and then it'll kind of just like a domino effect from there on i feel like i need to sneeze but it's just not coming out Ugh. The next half in that I have is cycle syncing. Okay, look, I am not the biggest fan of cycle syncing, honestly, just because to me, I never read it in the flow. I need to read that book. 
But to me, cycle syncing just seemed like another plan to jump on where you had to do a certain thing at a certain time. And I'm just so not into that anymore. I like having more flexibility in my routine and just being able to, um, you know, kind of go with what my body feels. So obviously our menstrual cycles go through so many different ebbs and flows. And one day, you know what? I might wake up and I might be on my menstrual cycle, but I might want to feel like lifting. I might want to, and that's happened to me before. But if I'm cycle syncing and at that time I'm not supposed to, but I feel like it, you know, now it just feels like another kind of restrictive-ish plan to me. And I don't like that. So the half in that I'm kind of talking about is I want to cycle sync, but more so intuitive cycle syncing. So if I'm going to wake up and I'm supposed to lift that day, but my body's just really not feeling it, then I'm going to allow myself to do something more low impact, something that's actually going to benefit me in that moment. And that's the same with food as well. I want to definitely be in tune, and I already am like this, be in tune with what my body needs at certain times. For instance, when you're menstruating, you do need some more fats and protein specifically for satiety specifically, but also you just like burn more and um, fatty acids are so important to ingest, especially when you're on your period, but in general as a woman. So um, I want to be very in tune with that and I think any woman listening to this definitely should be as well. My next half in is soft girl era. This is something that came about in the last, I don't know, six or seven months or something like that. And basically, it's just the movement where you're ditching heavy lifting and hit workouts and all of this crazy stuff. And you're more in tune with Pilates, low impact working workouts, uh, walking, stuff like that. I like it in the sense that we're now in an era where we're listening to our bodies with what we actually need. But I don't like it in the sense that I definitely think that you need to have some challenge in your fitness routine. Honestly, I I think that that's just an objective truth. Every now and then, I think that it's important to put the body and the mind through something that is really, really difficult. And not to say that things like Pilates and yoga and that kind of stuff is not difficult. It is in a different kind of way. Um, but I think that we should put ourselves through long runs. I think we should put ourselves through CrossFit style workouts every now and then. Going and doing those things when we feel our body is ready and capable to do so. But then on the other side of things, like I said before, when you wake up in the morning and you kind of just feel like your body should not do that today, then don't. Don't like put yourself on this guilt trip if you don't do one thing or the other. Just do something to move your body and do what's going to benefit you the absolute most. And the only person that can actually answer that question, what is going to benefit me the most in this moment, honestly, is you. It's not going to be any type of um, figure on social media or TikTok. I see so many people that kind of just I don't know, advertise for very specific workout styles or diet styles or whatever it might be. And this is kind of obvious and I feel like it should be logical, but it's just simply not. You don't have to do any singular type of anything in order to be the healthiest version of yourself. That question can only be answered by you and it could be, you could be helped. For instance, I do online coaching and I help girls figure out, you know, through trial and error what is best for them. But a good coach is going to be able to recognize that is only going to be answered through that trial and error and it's going to look different for every single person. It's not one size fits all and never will be. The next in that I want to talk about is K-beauty skincare. I started doing K-beauty skincare, I don't know, like four to five months ago, like last June or something like that. And um, it has changed my life. It has changed my life for the better and I'm never going back. I used to have a significant hormonal acne. And honestly, in retrospect, I look back at it and I'm like, I'm actually really grateful for that because my body was telling me that something was wrong. And I'm really grateful for the fact that 
it showed me that physically on my face, you know? So I went through a lot of different kind of trial and error type things when it came, when it came to my hormonal acne. And I started with going to my gynecologist, figuring out like all my blood work and stuff like that. I actually never got blood work. I probably should have done that. But um, she told me to try birth control. So I tried it. Um, I didn't stand on it for very long. I went to my dermatologist. She put me on spironolactane and then uh, tretinoin, which I still avidly use tretinoin a couple times a week. Um, and so basically, I started my K-beauty skincare routine within that time frame. And I'm not saying that that's the number one thing that cleared up my skin because I think it was a lot of things combined, including my dermatologist visits, etc. But it definitely really made me excited to take care of my skin. And also, I feel like my skin barrier really, really healed big time because of it. If you don't know what a K-beauty system kind of is, it's basically where you use a ton of toners back to back to back, but you go from thinnest to thickest. So I use like four to five toners and I go from thinnest to thickest and then I use snail mucin, which some people find disgusting, but trust me, it's clean. And then you put that on your skin, um, like an eye cream and then moisturizer and then like the heaviest on top um and honestly it has changed my life it has changed my life and i'm never stopping that skincare routine because that makes me excited to do my skincare every single night and it makes me very aware of what's happening on my face i think it's really important as a, at a really really young age too which is another in actually spf because that has really come to the surface this year a lot of people have been talking about the importance of wearing spf um and i think that i'm really grateful for that I am 20 years old and the fact that I have learned to use SPF on my face every single day at this age, that is a privilege that, you know, my grandma probably didn't have. And I even heard my Nana a few weeks ago talking about being careful about going in the sun and skin cancer and all this stuff. And I'm like, people probably didn't tell her that when she was my age. And the fact that I'm getting that advice now, I'm so grateful for it because I put SPF on my face every single day. I have for a couple of years now and I'm so excited to be 50 or 60, 70 years old and rub it in people's faces that didn't do that at my age. I'm so excited for it. My next in is working with your circadian cycle. This I don't really think was actually talked about a whole lot in 2023, but um, I did learn a lot about like routines and, you know, just waking up that with the sun and all that kind of stuff and I think that is a total in if you have the flexibility to wake up with the sun I think that that's such a healthy thing to do I started work doing that I don't know like this actually a week ago literally a week ago and I already feel so much better because I used to be the kind of person who would wake up at 4 and 5 a.m and then I would rub it in people's faces that I woke up at 4 and 5 a.m and I don't want to be that kind of person anymore because honestly it doesn't matter what time you wake up you could still be the most productive version of yourself throughout the day even if you woke up at 4 5 6 or 7 a.m um, but the whole point is that you want to do what feels healthiest for you and feels best for you obviously if you have a job you have to wake up at like 5 a.m 4 that's no flexibility there. You have to do it, whatever, but make the best of it um, and make a morning routine that honestly fits your life the best. The number one tip that I have in life in general is that, or I guess this is more of a reminder, the first 30 minutes of your day is seriously going to depict how the rest of your day is going to go. So picture this, you wake up, you grab your phone, start checking social media, comparing your life to everybody else. I know everybody talks about this, but it's seriously so true. You get up, go to the living room, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be a wellness queen today. I'm going to read something right now. 
you go to read, you get bored 10 seconds later. I'm speaking from experience, if you can't tell. Um, and then you just grab your phone again and you're drinking your coffee on an empty stomach. You're, the acid is just like going around in your stomach. It's disgusting. And then you find yourself like basically falling asleep on the couch you did nothing. Now there's something to be said about if you don't really have a morning routine and you want to try to get up earlier, just tell yourself to wake up and you don't have to do anything. Like you could wake up and spend the first 30 minutes on of your life on your phone, but the fact that you woke up, that's already a step ahead. Honestly, people freak out when I say those kinds of tips because they're like, that's not productive. But at the same time, like if you're waking up and the first thing that you have to do is run off to the gym, you're not going to continue to wake up that early. You're not going to really enjoy it. So I actually had a client a few weeks ago that had this exact problem. I said, wake up earlier but a lot like 30 minutes of your life just watching something. It sounds so anti-productive, but it honestly is the opposite because you're getting in the habit of waking up earlier, but the thing that you're doing first thing is something that you enjoy. And then the next step that you could do is you could habit stack that. So I want to watch TV or I want to watch YouTube right now, right after I wake up, but I want to do something productive as well as your second step, like a few weeks later. So now you're going to do something that you need to do with something that you want to do. And so you could maybe, I don't know, walk on the treadmill while you watch YouTube or something like that, which leads me to my next in, which is habit stacking. Habit stacking, this has saved my life, literally saved my life. Habit stacking is literally what I was just talking about. It's the strategy of doing something that you need to do with something that you want to do. For instance, something that I do every single morning. Actually, no, I don't. That's a complete lie. I like to do this every single morning, but I'm getting into the swing of it because I just started this routine, reading and eating at the same time. I get to eat my breakfast every single morning with my coffee, and then I need to read. Those are technically both things that I need to do, but I don't know. Those are two things that I like to habit stack. And this really helps me get into the routine of it because I am such a fast eater sometimes. So if I'm eating while I'm reading, I'm going a little bit slower. On the flip side, I get so bored when I read sometimes and my brain just wanders and wanders and wanders. So reading a little bit and then eating a little bit, that kind of helps me break it up ever so slightly. And it's the perfect way to habit stack. This is kind of just turning into an ins and outs of 2024, but I still have some more notes. Trust me, I'm going through it. One thing that I did hear a lot of people talk about this year is the um, the danger of drinking coffee on an empty stomach. And this is actually something that I learned more so from my husband because he has like acid problems. <laughs> but um, yeah, so lately I have been drinking my coffee with food. And if I don't do that, then I will wait a couple of hours before I have my coffee and I will still have it with food. And this has actually helped my stomach so much. I mean, honestly, it can't be good to just have acid swishing around in your stomach, having a fun old little dance party in your gut. So I am such an advocate for eating and drinking your coffee together rather than having your coffee first. All right, let's get into the more negative side of things, the things that might stir some controversy. Just kidding. I don't really think anything this is going to stir controversy. You could disagree with some of this stuff. Actually, I welcome that. But um, these are my outs. The first is raw milk. Quite honestly, I'm not a raw milk girl. I never really was. When I first came out, I my number one instinct is to be skeptical about something. When um, something becomes all the rage, colostrum was another one but i'll get into that in a second raw milk isn't out for me never gonna happen is raw milk best no because 
pasteurization is not a bad thing. I think that, that was kind of demonized this year a little bit. Pasteurization is a treatment for dairy products and milk to keep it safe for human consumption. There is heat used in the process and it destroys any of the milk-borne pathogens or whatever else that we shouldn't be ingesting. Although I'm never going to be closed-minded, I just haven't tried raw milk and I don't really want to. My next out is restrictive intuitive eating, which sounds kind of weird, but let me explain. In 2024, I saw a lot of intuitive eater eaters come to the service and kind of demonize macro tracking, which, okay, if macro tracking is not supportive to your journey, fine, whatever, I don't care. But the thing is, these, these intuitive eaters kind of just became like intuitive eating police, in my opinion. And so now if somebody is like, I don't know, if I were to go ahead in front of an intuitive eating police to grab a lower calorie piece of bread instead of the higher calorie one, now it's kind of just like, oh my gosh, you're being restrictive. Like, don't, don't do that. You have to have the higher calorie piece of bread. Same with like clean eaters. First of all, I hate that term. I think it's weird. But people need to realize, not that, I don't want to be mis, you know, misunderstood here. Clean foods, clean foods such as things like Honey is considered one. Chickpeas, lentils, stuff like that. These are all based off of whole foods. Amazing foods, full of nutrients, absolutely incredible. But they have calories too. And the thing is, there are a lot of people out there who want to lose weight. And I've even had clients come up to me and they're like, I want to lose weight, but I've been eating so clean and I haven't been able to. And I'm like, okay, well, we have to take a look at the quantities that you're eating as well as the quality. And the quality should not be ignored. Absolutely not. Never going to say that. That. But we should be making sure that you're eating within your caloric means so that way you are reaching the goals that you want to. With that said, if you want to opt for a lower calorie piece of bread or a lower calorie this or that or a sugar-free syrup instead of a normal syrup, that's fine. Just do what you want to do and don't demonize other people for making the decisions that they are making. And this kind of leads me into macro tracking too. Macro tracking is fine and it's good for a lot of people. Not all the time. I don't think anybody should be tracking for years and years and years on end. Um, but it's a good thing to do to gain knowledge of the things that you are ingesting. For instance, when I started macro tracking, I was blown away about the low portions of protein that I was ingesting. And I know that people talk up a big hype on protein, but it is so true. It is so true that you need a good amount of protein, especially for hormone function and health. Are you kidding me? Do not neglect your protein. Now, I'm not saying that you should be downing protein powder and literally dry scooping casein. No, absolutely not. But please, for the love of all things healthy and good, just eat your protein. It is considered the most satiating macronutrient because it holds less calories per gram as opposed to fat, but also fat is important to ingest. The, the, the whole point of this the whole thing that I'm trying to say is that it's important to be eating the right proportions for your body and for your, your goals and for your everything, um, no matter what season you are in. So it's fine if you want to have like a little period of time where you want to track everything that you're eating to make sure that you're eating the right proportions. And then it's fine if you don't want to do that. But it becomes a problem whether you are intuitive eating, whether you are tracking, whatever you're doing. 
it becomes a problem when it becomes an obsession, when it becomes everything that you think about. When you go to the dinner table and you're looking across and you're seeing your Aunt Bessie eating this and that and you're judging her for it or you're judging the thing that she's eating or you're saying, oh, I would never eat that. That's something that I really struggled with in the beginning of everything when I started doing online coaching and all of that. I honestly found myself in a very judgmental place where I would be like, I would never eat what she's eating. I'm so much better than her. Like, are you kidding me? Just chill out. It's really not that deep. Nutrition is not as complicated as people make it seem hence why all when the all these supplements come out I get so annoyed because people are like hopping on these supplements that barely even have studies attached to them let alone human studies and you're just like why do we have to make things so complicated why can't we just go to the store and just buy normal whole foods like literally just grown from the ground and we just eat like that like why does it why can't it be so simple anymore which makes me just want to go into the whole top of a colostrum this is something that I have not purchased, I have not tried because like I said earlier in the episode, I am a skeptic when it comes to anything supplement wise that is very new. Like for instance, creatine, monohydrate, that is the most studied supplement on the face of this earth. Well, actually not on the face of this earth, but you know what I mean. It is so studied, it is tried and true. We know the side effects of it. It is specifically for a niche group, so we know who needs to take it, etc, etc. Um... So therefore, that's a a supplement that I would take if I so find myself in the position in life where I should take it. But jumping on a supplement blindly just because it's new, it's the up-and-coming thing, influencers are talking about it, it's being advertised to the nth degree, that is a big red flag. Colostrum comes in a few days after the cow gives birth. It has a lot of protein in it and it's full of antibodies to protect the calf from things like infection. It's also going to help the calf grow. So since it's in a powder form, it's in a higher concentration. So it has more vitamins and protein in a higher concentration as opposed to milk. We're directly, you know, comparing this to milk. So in theory, it's like good. It's great. It's fine. But the thing that kind of just starts to make my mind go in the other direction is that this is all done to support baby cows, but the studies, at least from my own research, um, that I have found on humans specifically is so little <laughs> compared to what we should have for a supplement that we are taking every single day. And I'm not even trying to, I'm not even inferring that it is dangerous in any sort of way. Again, when it comes to like the vitamins that's in it, I'm sh- it's completely fine. But the fact that there's so much advertisement that is thrown into it and um, it makes all of these claims, that is what that's what makes me really angry. Because when it comes to any supplement, like kind of rule of thumb for me is if a supplement guarantees a result or guarantees long hair or you're not, you're, your acne is going to go away or deep bloat or whatever it might be, I'm literally like, don't even look at me. I do not want to buy that thing. My next out, and I kind of touched on this before, but forcing exercise that you just don't like. I'm kind of throwing shade to Pilates girls, but not really. Let me explain. (laughs) For instance, I think it was sometime in 2023. It might have been even 2022, but there was a a, a time, like a few months of life, where Pilates was all the rage. It's like, do this exercise, do Pilates to tone up, to do this, to do that. And oh my gosh, Ew. First of all, that is such an icky statement to me when somebody says do this to tone up. I want to barf because you guys, the literal meaning of the word tone is to gain muscle and to be lean enough to show it. But when that was all the rage, I was kind of just like, why can't we 
find a happy medium and do a little bit of everything. Pilates is going to feel different. You're going and you're going to a group class. So again, first of all, that's the first difference than if you're going to the gym by yourself and doing a weightlifting session, you're with people who are all doing the same thing. So it's a different experience there. And then it's a different experience with the movements. You're doing more slow and controlled movements. You're doing different movement patterns. You're doing less weight, but it's going to challenge you in a way, again, that weightlifting isn't as much. I guess the whole point is if you want to be a fit individual, there are so many different ways to achieve it. You don't have to run. You could get your cardio elsewhere. Cardio is important. You shouldn't neglect it. But again, you could get it elsewhere. Like even CrossFit is a completely different style of everything where you're going and you're getting your weights in, but you're also kind of getting your cardio in because it's a very fast paced kind of 45 minute session where you feel like you're going to die the entire time. But afterwards, you feel like you're on cloud nine. And honestly, you could do so many different versions of all of this and still feel your fittest, best self. The one thing that I would say objectively I think everybody should be doing actually I know everybody should be doing is weights of some sort because it is so important to build up your muscle especially at a younger age because once you get to a certain age you're losing muscle every single year especially with your bone marrow you want to keep that as much as possible hence why it's also important to have muscle or have protein um, and weight lift at the exact same time so Look, that is one thing that I think everybody should be doing, no matter what age you are. But again, that looks different. That could look different for everybody. If you wanted to do a weights class, fine, sure, whatever. If you want to go to the gym by yourself, cool. But there are a lot of different versions of everything that you could be doing in order to look and feel your best. I'm obsessed with doing ins and outs instead of doing New Year's resolutions because I feel like these are the action steps that we are taking to our overarching goals. So if you have any that you would like to share, I would love to hear them, literally. Just DM me on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram. I never get off of it. I'm on it right now. I'm just kidding. So that concludes the entire episode. Episode one is done. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I will be dropping a new podcast every single Tuesday, I think. I really haven't decided yet, but I think that's what I'm going to do every single Tuesday. So stay tuned for next week. Bye.